If you want to get paid for having bad credit, you need to listen right now. You don't even got to have bad credit, to be honest with you. But if you want to get paid for having bad credit, if you want to get paid for having any item on your credit report, you're going to want to grab my $7 guide, how to get paid for having bad credit. What you're going to want to do is text the word get paid as one word. Get paid to 914-353-4741 to get access to the $7 guide. Get paid to 914-353-4741. guide. Don't confuse the price with the value. It's going to begin letting you know the process about how you can go through suing debt collectors, suing uh, credit reporting agencies, consumer reporting agencies, whatever you want to call them, for reporting that information on your report. And you can move forward from there. You could really get paid off of these open accounts as well. It's not just negative accounts. So, yeah, just really understand that. Text the word get paid as one word to 914-353-4741. Enjoy the episode. What's up, y'all? Welcome to the Consumer Ammunition Tactics Podcast, or CAT, where we provide you with consumer education to leverage your power as a consumer within this United States corporation. My name is Michael Benjamin. I'm the CEO of Consumer Ammunition Tactics, or CAT, where we leverage your credit, no debit. Welcome to the episode. Welcome to a new episode of the CAT Podcast, Consumer Ammunition Tactics Podcast. Hopefully, y'all blessed, amazing, great. You already know the whole nine. So, first of all, I hope y'all enjoyed last week's episode with the credit assist. Um, she had a really inspirational story. And I saw the numbers, you know, y'all been tapped in. So, definitely keep running that up. Update number one before we get into the episode. As y'all can see in the title, we're going to be talking about these late payments. I think I've dropped the episode previously on late payments. But, you know, sometimes we just need a reminder. So, that's what this episode is. So as far as updates, number one, my mentorship, the cat credit retire your nine to five mentorship. It's officially open for enrollment. Uh, we start on the 17th. So today is the seventh. Today's the seventh, right? So we start in 10 days. So if you're not already in the cat credit, retire your nine to five mentorship. Hold on. My right hand itching. Y'all ever heard about the whole right hand itching thing? You know how that means like, you know, money's supposed to come in from somewhere. Maybe someone's going to buy something while we're recording this. I don't know. But anyways, so the cat credit retire your nine to five mentorship. If you're not, if you're not enrolled in it, I don't know what to tell you. Um, basically, the whole purpose of me doing the mentorship, I think I kind of touched on it briefly, is the fact that I'm pretty much retiring from, you know, credit as far as credit repair. I'm focusing more on just, I guess, coaching, teaching people to start their own credit businesses. That's where the whole mentorship came from. Because it's like, okay, I'm being done with, you know, credit repair and things like that. I could have been like, all right, I'm just going to retire. I'm just going to leave. And, you know, that's that. But I took it upon myself, like, okay, I know some people that's probably watching me, listening to me, etc. We're in a recession. There's ways of there's ways you could profit in so many different ways that I, I probably haven't even talked about on the podcast. And that's why I'm going to be discussing in the mentorship, because maybe you don't want to run a full credit business. There's still different ways for you to make money as far as like, you know, the marketing stuff that I personally have done and seen results with as far as like, you know, the digital products and things like that. So, yeah, just keep that in mind. If you're looking to get tapped into the mentorship, text the word mentorship to 914 
We probably going to have an ad in the episode talking about the mentorship as well. You know, just because marketing. But yeah, go go ahead and get uh, tapped in if you want to get tapped in. Update as well. Go subscribe to my YouTube. I'm almost at a thousand subscribers. So we're almost there. You know, once you get to a thousand subscribers, you just need, uh, I think it's like four, it's a 4,000 hours of watch time. So yeah, go ahead and do all that. And then, you know, help us get to the next level. Tap in with me on TikTok if you're not tapped in on TikTok. They said, uh, I think they said based off of TikTok, you need like 10,000 followers before you can start making money. I think that's a creator's fund thing or whatever. To be honest, I don't think I would even do something like that because I think they, they pay you small or whatever. So the main thing I'm doing is where I'm, I'm monetizing TikTok in the sense of, you know, the digital products that I have. So that's been going how it's going. Um you know, daily sales, things like that. So, you know, all honor, glory to God. Speaking of God, a lot of people, right? Y'all got to think. A lot of people that's like successful and stuff, you might see them super successful. And I feel like a lot of times they don't really talk about how, well, I won't say a lot of times. I'll say sometimes they don't talk about how effective and important God was in their success. So I don't want y'all to get it twisted. Whenever you're going on your journey, whatever you're doing, always implement God in your journey because I've been vocal about, you know, God and all that, but a lot of people that you might see that's like successful and things like that, they they might not vocalize it, but behind the scenes, you know, they're doing a lot of prayer and things like that. So make sure you have that great relationship with God. You know, we drop these episodes on Sundays. Make sure you get your prayer in, establish your personal relationship with God, you know, however that may be. So, yeah, keep that in mind. Mentorship, God first. And I think that's all I got for the updates, pretty much. So, yeah, with that being said, let's get straight into the episode. All right, listen. If you're tired of your current lifestyle, maybe you're tired of that nine to five, maybe you just want something extra. I'm going to be hosting a mentorship, the mentorship that allowed me to retire my nine to five, the mentorship that allowed me to retire my nine to five. That's the information I'm going to be putting out. If you're interested in the mentorship, I'm only interested in being around serious people. If you're not willing to invest at least $2,000 into yourself, then do not text what I'm going to tell you to text. But if it sounds like you, you're ready to do more, you're ready to retire your nine to five, text the word mentorship to 914 914- Three five three four seven four one. Again, text the word mentorship to 914-353-4741. That'll allow you to be on the list and we'll get you more information. All right, listen, so we're going to talk about late payments, deleting these late payments, getting rid of late payments, all that, right? So y'all know I'm a pretty straightforward person. If you've been listening to multiple episodes of the podcast, if somehow this is your first episode you're listening to, I'm a pretty straightforward person, so we're going to be straightforward with the information. We're not going to be here all day. We're not going to be here for three days straight talking about all these miscellaneous things you can be doing. But yeah, this is an episode to help y'all with late payments. Like I said, I think I've previously talked about how I've deleted late payments, but if not, you know, this is your episode. So number one, one way you can delete late payments. Remember, with credit, it's so many different ways and... 
methods you could do to actually get rid of what you're trying to get rid of. So if you're a heavy listener of my podcast, you know we rely heavily on consumer law education. It's literally in uh, my business name, Consumer Ammunition Tactics, Consumer Ammunition Tactics. So we're going to talk about consumer law, obviously, right? But number one, one of the simplest ways I've seen late payments get deleted in my experience helping with um, a client was simply sending a goodwill letter. So a lot of y'all, y'all probably hear about people saying like, okay, I sent a goodwill letter. I sent a goodwill letter. It didn't work. This, that, and the third. So the thing with the goodwill letter, I want to talk about best practices because of the fact that I know that certain people have said like they've sent goodwill letters. I see people saying they've sent goodwill letters and it didn't work. So first of all, when you send a goodwill letter, best practice, I think we all know you want to send, you want to address a CEO, right? You want to address it to the CEO because that's a person that's of authority in the company. If not the CEO, um, the executive vice president or something, right? Someone that's of high authority. This is why when we send out our letters, we say notice uh, to agent, notice to principal on the top, right? So yeah, just keep that in mind. I want y'all to I want y'all to remember when you send your goodwill letters to make sure it's going to the CEO, executive vice uh, president or whatever. Right. So another best practice that I've seen me personally, right, helping somebody. I don't know if this was effective in doing it, but I notarized without the United States. So I don't know if that made them take it more seriously or what was going on. But a best practice, I would say, when you're sending your goodwill letter, notarize without the United States. If you don't know what I'm talking about when I say notarize without the United States, go back to my previous episode where I said notarize without the United States, where I spoke about, I think the title was you don't got to notarize your uh, documents or something like that. So yeah, definitely go back to that episode and it, it'll explain how to actually notarize without the United States. 28 USC 1746, number one, is notarizing without the United States. And basically the way that you do it is you are having two witnesses sign your document. It could be anybody, you know? I spoke more about it in that episode, so go tap in. You authenticate your document with uh, your thumbprint and all that. So I did that to a specific company for a client, and basically, you know, they, they deleted the late payment. So sometimes a goodwill letter works. Sometimes it doesn't. Remember what I said with credit. It's one of those things. You just got to try multiple things. You got to look at credit as like a boxing match because... You're not going to knock out everybody in one punch. You're not going to knock out everyone in the first round. It might take multiple rounds. You might do the same exact thing for one person and a different person. Both the different results. That's what we've seen in our credit repair services, right? So, yeah, just really keep that in mind. You can send a goodwill letter. If you don't know how to actually get the contact of the CEO, literally Google it. Don't be DMing me stupid questions like, um, what is the CEO of Chase when you can literally Google it? You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not Google. You know what I mean? So definitely you got to put in your own amount of work of, you know, doing your due diligence. So definitely go ahead and do all that. Goodwill letter. It may work. It may not work for you. I don't know, but it's worth a shot. All right. Goodwill letter. We, we covered that. Next method, FTC method. So FTC method is a method that works. And I'm not telling y'all to falsify police reports because obviously you don't want to be doing all that. But with the FTC report, it's an identity theft report. 
What is identity theft? Identity theft by law is no consent. What is a law that you can use with identity theft? The law that you can use with identity theft is a law I'm going to be talking about in my mentorship. <laughs> so if you want that law, tap into the mentorship. I probably talked about it in a previous episode, to be honest. But the specific law that, you know, I'm talking about, I'm going to be covering it in my mentorship. I'm going to be walking, you know, my mentees through it. So basically, um, yeah, you can delete late payments through the FTC method and using a proper verb verbiage, right? So what you can do is, yeah, what you can do is, you know, do the FTC method and sometimes that works. We've seen that work in our experience with our credit repair services. So that's a, that's a different method that'll work. Consumer law, right? Let's talk about consumer law and then we're going to wrap up the episode because the late payments is really not that deep, but you know, it'd be, it'd be getting people sometimes. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about the general, the general laws you could use to actually delete the late payments. And then we're going to get into just uh, different laws I wanted to talk about. So I think if you follow me on Instagram or TikTok or whatever, uh, YouTube, you've probably seen the deleting late payments, uh, reel or video that I put out. I was wearing, I was wearing the cat jacket is yellow, gold, whatever you want to call it. And then I was just breaking down how to actually delete late payments. So I'm going to revisit that sauce, right? So we want to do it in like a two round thing, right? Number one, first round, we want to prove to the creditor basically that this information needs to be deleted. How do we let them know the information needs to be deleted? One way we can let them know it needs to be deleted is uh, 15 USC 1681A2AI. It talks about experiences. I don't have the laws in front of me right now, but um, I could look it up, actually. Hold on. So 15 USC 1681. I think I said 1681 2AI. Is that what I said? That's the one about experiences. Y'all can look it up with me. Hold on. Let me look it up right now. 1681 A2AI, from what I remember. Yeah, exclusion section. So... It says, except as provided in paragraph three, the term consumer report does not include, last time I checked, does not include means it's not supposed to be there, does not include report containing information solely as to transactions or experiences between a consumer and a person making a report. What does that tell you? Does that not tell you a late payment, which is an experience or a, a result of a transaction does not need to be on there? The transaction was a fact that you, maybe you opened that credit card, you opened that loan, whatever, that uh, auto loan, whatever, right? The fact that there's a late payment on there is still classified as a transaction. So that lets you know that not just late payments, but nothing is supposed to be on your report if you don't want it to be right. So credit reporting is optional. I always tell y'all credit reporting is optional. When I say stuff like credit reporting is optional, this is illegal, this, that, and the third. I'm not just saying all that for clickbait, even though it makes for good marketing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's true. So 1681A2AI, the exclusion section, that's one law you can use. Once you use that law as your foundation, your round two, you want to use 1681 S-2. I spoke about this literally in my reel, in my video. Some of y'all make this stuff way too deep, right? I literally spoke about it. I put it in that video. Some of y'all, I know some of y'all took action. You got results that you, you told me about it. Some of y'all, I don't know. Maybe you just don't believe me. I don't know what it is. Maybe you don't believe in yourself. I don't know. So 1681 S-2, responsibilities of furnishers of information to consumer reporting agencies. 
right? Furnishers are information to consumer reporting agencies. Who is that? The furnishers are referring to those creditors. Your Chase, your uh, Bank of America, you know, all these all these banks hoeing you, putting all these late payments and stuff, right? Auto loans, all that. So A1A, it says, a person shall not furnish any information relating to a consumer to any consumer reporting agency if the person knows or has reasonable cause to believe that the information is inaccurate. Did we, lie, did we not let them know that the information is inaccurate and should be removed in our first round? 1681A2AI is inaccurate because it's supposed to be excluded, right? So 1681A2AI, and then you set them up with that, and then you let them know 1681S-2. So that one-two punch combo has been uh, powerful as far as the getting deletions. It's not guaranteed. Like I said, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't work all the time, but it is, a, it is a method that you can, in fact, use as far as consumer law to get it deleted. 1681, uh, let me give you a separate one. So 1681, I said 1681A2AI. You can also, for your foundation, you can use 1681A2B, right? So it's any authorization or approval of a specific extension of credit directly or indirectly by the issue of a credit card or similar device. That's basically when you apply for something, you get approved, right? So again, that lets you know those things should not be on your report. 1681B number two, uh, written instructions, right? So that's a law you could use as well. So that lets you know the fact that you have to give written instruction for what's on your report, right? So yeah, just keep that in mind. You could use that one-two punch combo. Now I want to talk about the actual uh, billing error laws, and then we're going to wrap it up. So 15 U.S.C. 1666, correction of billing errors. So if you go to 16, it's 1666, we're going to talk about B, but it's not 1666B, the law. There's a difference. So go to 15 U.S.C. 1666. I spoke about this in my video as well. So 1666, you go down to B. What does B say? B says billing error. For the purpose of this section, a billing error consists of the following. Right? Number two says a reflection on a statement of an extension of credit for which the obligor requests additional clarification, including documentary evidence thereof. What does that sound like? That sounds like a debt validation to me. So if you have a late payment and you request for debt validation, which you have the right to, now you're in a position of correction of a billing error, right? So because of that, that item has to get deleted. So 1666B, number two, um, there's more to it. I'm going to be discussing that in my mentorship. Like I said, this podcast is free. It's free information. I don't know who's listening to it. I don't know how serious y'all are about taking action. So um, if you want more, more of the sauce, then, you know, definitely tap into the mentorship. But yeah, that, that's that's where you could actually start. So 1666B, number two. Now let's go to actual, the actual 15 USC 1666B. So 1666B is timing of payments. So just look at A. All I want y'all to do is look at A, time to make payments. It says a creditor may not treat a payment on a credit card account under an open-end consumer credit plan as late for any purpose. Stop right there. That's all you need. It's in federal law. Y'all should know about, you know, the supremacy clause. Federal law trumps state law. Um, all these companies saying, oh, federal law doesn't apply to us. Y'all know that's striking. So y'all got the tools. Now it's time to take action. Use these laws. Be persistent. Be consistent. You're gonna get you're gonna get that late payment deleted. Y'all have a blessed one.
Thanks so much for listening to the Cap Podcast. I hope you got beneficial information. If you got beneficial information, shout us out on social media. Uh, send us a review. You know, let us know. Hopefully everything's good with you. If you have not got the free Cat Credit Literacy course, go ahead and text the word course to 914-353-4741. Again, that is 914-353-4741. You've listened to the episode. If you haven't gotten the free course, now it's time to take action. Y'all have a blessed one.